What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Inventory with your hosts, Ben Kuchapudi and... Tyler Graham. Ben, how are we doing? Post-Super Bowl weekend, you know, the week went on. A couple things happened in the league. How are we feeling, Ben? How are we feeling? I'm just sad the NFL is over. Like, it's has, it hasn't even been a week since the big game, and I'm already missing football. You know, so, uh, America's favorite sport currently, and I don't know. I'm missing it, but there's... There's a lot to recap. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, the offseason is uh, going to be starting relatively shortly for agencies in less than a month. But right now, we're here to talk about the big game. And honestly, in a game that started off really slow, this game turned into a classic. What do you think, Tyler? Yes, definitely pushing into a gridiron, you know, classic. And at the end of the day, you know, it you had two defenses, one that people rave about behind Steve Wilkes and the 49ers, which we'll get to his occupation vacancy. And then you have the Chiefs with their very slept-on defense. But people got to understand that Spagnuolo's at the helm. This guy's the same guy that won against the undefeated Patriots back in the day when he was D.C. for the Giants, you know. And it was cool to see these defenses go blow for blow, you know, at the Super Bowl parties. Everybody's like, what is this? This is going to be a boring game. But then again, things started heating up, you know, like the big Christian McCaffrey trick play from Jawan uh, Jennings. And then the Chiefs figuring their things out, getting Harrison Bucker on, on, on the ball there. It w- it turned into a very, very fun game. And the fact that it did go into overtime was pretty cool, actually. And I don't recall the well, last overtime game. Yeah, and yeah. Shanahan's it, been on the wrong side of both of them. Absolutely. Very and the thing, the thing about it is um, I this was, ba- this was bound to happen. It, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they are a dynasty. You know, I don't think anybody has lingering thoughts about that. Um, but there were a couple of just oopsies, you know. And at, at this high level of football – I find that very, very interesting. You know, like the special teams thing with the 49ers and their punt, you know, hitting off the back heel and pushing the Chiefs into the red zone territory. Ben, what do you think about this game in the sense of mistakes? We had fumbles, strip sacks, uh, almost in p- a pick from Patty Mahomes. How do you feel about some of the nastiness behind this game? It wasn't the cleanest of games. You know, I'm not I'm not surprised in the slightest. I feel like this and I before I start with by like with all the mistakes. I want to give a shout out to the referees. I feel like this was a very clean game. I feel like there was incredibly no, clean, incredibly no, no calls favoring either side, no typical, no, no bad PIs or holds or something like that. I feel like this was a good game. So shout out to the refs for actually making this an enjoyable game. But going back to the mistakes, I mean, obviously the Niners had a chance to capitalize early on with a score, but Christian McCaffrey, out of all players, fumbled in the red zone. And I'm pretty sure the very next driver, a few days later, Isaiah Pacheco fumbled inside the 10. And to start the second half, Patty Mahomes threw a pick. I feel like there was a lot, a lot of turnovers, but that's just bound to happen with um, two amazing defenses going at it. And I want to, and Brock Purdy, and like I feel like a lot of people like doubted him, but he did his thing this game. I feel like he played very mistake-free football, no turnovers. Did he miss a couple of throws? Yes, that's bound to happen. He's He's not. He's a seventh round, last overall pick quarterback. And though he has been in the big games before, he does still. He still will make those mistakes. But overall, he played a good game. And I don't know. Like it's hard to believe. Like with the mis- with the way the Chiefs played in the first half, like and even going into the third quarter, you would think the Niners had it would like run away with this game. But only two touchdowns. Just the touchdown from Jawan Jennings to McCaffrey and Jawan Jennings catching a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Shout out to Jawan, by the way. That was my X factor for the game. I don't know if you remember from the last. Oh, I, oh, I remember Ben, and and it really prevailed. And it's pretty cool because he's also a seventh round pick. You know, he worked his way throughout that organization and found a love. Maybe it's the seventh round, the seventh round connection. 
But I, I did, like I said before, uh, this was the game of the unlikely heroes in a sense. You had Mike Pinnell out of the Chiefs making big plays. He's the one that caused yeah, the Mike Pinnell. Yeah, he caused the fumble on Christian McCaffrey. He was blowing up constant plays from the Chiefs at, um, for the Chiefs against the 49ers. And it was just those little guys here and there that was just doing amazing things. McDuffie had a, one of the cleanest slates I've ever seen from a cornerback in a Super Bowl. Just McDuffie, honestly, McDuffie could have had a case for Super Bowl MVP. He played he was an Atlantic. amazing game. He, he prevented several goal. scores. The eye test was amazing. And going back to oh, Unsung yeah. Heroes, obviously we have to talk about you know, Nicole Hardman. Uh, oh my God! New York, uh, New York Jet legend, one catch with the team. It's funny before before the season started when the Jets were on hard knocks. Uh, Psychic was brought in, and he predicted that the that Nicole Hardman would win the Super Bowl over the 49ers, and it did happen. Just not as a member of the Jets, and I feel like Hardman really he I mean he was the second league receiver for Kansas City. He had a a huge catch. In the first half, uh, on a beautiful yeah. pass from Patrick Mahomes, and obviously, as we know, caught the game-winning touchdown in overtime. I feel like just like going back to what you said, just the guys we didn't expect to really make the plays. Even Justin Watson, fifty-four huge yards on three catches. He played a good game, mm-hmm. and um, going and Juwan Jennings obviously played really well. Kyle Juszczyk had two big catches, and it goes back to what we said on the last podcast: the Chiefs secondary. Holding McKe- holding a uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel to just over eighty yards between the two of them and six catches. That's just a testament to the secondary and the coaching done by Spags and Legarius C. McDuffie have a legit case for the best cornerback duo in football. I don't know about if you think the same. I think I think the same. Uh, in in the sense, you know, on paper it doesn't appear that way. We have other better combos in the league on paper, but these guys have just shown up day in and day out, and they don't get the recognition because. They're always going to be overshadowed by number 15 in his 15-led offense. And the thing is, I, I, we, we got to make the claim that the Chiefs is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Spagnuolo is, had a perfect game. You know, he blitzed on these third and short plays and causing a lot of discomfort to Brock Purdy. The thing about those Brock Purdy throws that he missed or those occasional reads and him getting pressured and having to throw it away, those were just perfect defenses. Really uncomfortable stuff. They had to settle for checkdowns to Kittle, negative yardage. They held Christian McCaffrey to 3.4 yards a carry, Ben. This is insane. The only big play Christian McCaffrey had was the Jawan Jennings pass to him. They were doing a lot of things. He had a, a lot of negative carries. And the thing about that is this Spagnola defense was truly, truly amazing. And the scariest part about it, they're a young team. You know, yeah, the Rams, their, their yeah. average age is... 24, 25, Legarius Steed, McDuffie, um, Chris Jones is relatively younger, um, Nick Bolton, Willie Gate, just to name a few guys on that defense. Like all those guys are most of those guys are still in their rookie deals. Yeah. And and the thing about that is it's not like the Rams team a couple years ago, that one where you had Eric Weddle signing off and Andrew Whitworth, you know, walking on the field as a champion, or some of those Pats teams were on a on a year-to-year basis, you didn't know who was going to retire. Hell, the man behind the helm, Tom Brady, you didn't know if he was going to retire. So the fact that this team is so dangerous and they have youth and time on their side, good coaching, good in-house medicine, you know, people are on top of the ball in regards to health and other things like that. This is a this is a genuinely a dynasty that it's going to scare a lot of people. And as long as they're in the playoffs, as long as number 15 is taking a shotgun pass snap, this they're my favorites to win it all. This team is just too good. 
And the fact that they have so many quote unquote holes, you know, like no wide receivers, but yet again, Rishi Rice having a big game, you know, McCall Harmon, like you said, just doing his thing. And even like, just like Travis Kelsey, just turning the hell up, you know, it's second half Kelsey was real. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about it is like, this team is just so dangerous. And I think going into the off season, they're going to make a couple of free agent acquisitions and they're going to bolster a couple of things. And due to the way they coach, due to the way they train, due to the way they just handle the game on a daily basis, and due to the love that the organization has for the love of football, Andy Reid's a football savant, Spagnola just is a mastermind on the defensive side. This is going to be a really scary team because a lot of people are going to turn their heads and they might move to Missouri, you know, and they might create this really deep, deep thing going on. And this team is just remarkable to see. It's just so crazy because I feel like a lot of people wrote the Kansas City Chiefs off. Oh, yeah. In the week, oh, yeah. After the week eight loss to the Broncos and Patrick Holmes' first road loss against a divisional opponent, people were wondering if the Chiefs were going to even win a playoff game. Like, they knew they were probably going to win the division. But, they were gonna, but, like, winning a playoff game in a tough AFC, it seemed far-fetched to them. You know, Mahomes, I remember, had a terrible game. He threw two picks. And they just looked horrible against a one a then 2-5 and five Denver Broncos team. And the Chiefs just look vulnerable. People can catch the ball. Travis Kelsey's age was showing. And even Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing his best football of his career. But it just comes to show that you can never go against a great quarterback. And that show, same thing about Tom Brady with the Patriots in his last few years. In 2019, the Patriots looked pretty bad, I'll say. like They didn't look like the same New England Patriots team of old. Everyone thought can't, that was a, that was a Patrick Mahomes' first full year starting. People thought the Chiefs were going to be that team to to make the Super Bowl, and they were going to they were thinking about a shootout against the Rams in the Super Bowl. But it just shows Brady didn't never lit up the stat sheet that year, but he played good, smart football, and they were led by an amazing defense, the best in the league, and they were able to win a championship that year. It's Absolutely. just no matter like how the offense looks like. As long as you have a Hall of Fame quarterback that's at the helm and you have a a strong defense, you can compensate for the lack of skills on offense. You can can compensate for the lack of Pro Bowl talent, um, All-Pro talent. It's just a testament to Kansas City and the coaching staff and more important, and more Patrick Mahomes. Just, Just the trajectory this man is on, it's legendary and he's only 28 years old. Yeah, it's 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 really remarkable. And to cover your basis on the aspect of regular season and playoffs, there are just people who are built for one or the other, sometimes both, and sadly, sometimes none of them. You know, the regular season is a long and grueling thing, whether it's the NBA and you're constantly traveling from city to city over 3000 miles in a week, possibly, you know, to the NFL, where you have these dying weeks of prep and you got to sleep in during these things you have curfews and other things like that or even the mlb you know some really long series yep. stretches where you're weeks away from home you know it regular season is a very very difficult thing to comprehend and some guys naturally succeed in that environment week to week playing their opponents in and out you know home and away you know but playoffs is a different animal you know in the nba i see you seven times ben if i can pull it off i can see you seven times same thing with the uh mlb you know five game series seven game series wild cards the NFL is also just a, a different ball game. At the end of the day, if I'm in the playoffs, score is 0-0, zero, zero, record 0-0. Zero, zero. We're here for a reason. We're here to play ball. And some guys naturally perform in that environment. Look at Tom Brady. Look at Patrick Mahomes, other quarterbacks of the past and players of the past. But I want to cover one guy that seems to have a really good track record of the regular season, does a couple things in the playoffs, but never captures the big game. Kyle Shanahan. You know, as it currently stands, 49ers having a lot of inner working problems with coaching. And 
I think a lot of people are starting to turn their heads and realize, hey, Kyle, you're a great coach, but you seem to have ghosts that you haven't shaken off. Ben, what do you think about the fact that Kyle Shanahan was unaware or didn't prep his guys for the overtime rules or the fact that he just can't shake that ghost that wears a number 15 on his jersey? You know, I'm not even, I'm going to go back further than Shanahan's ghost. I'm going to go back to 2011 because the, the feel like the 49ers for the, for 13 years, they've just like, they seem like the modern day Buffalo Bills back in the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. since, um, since they hired Jim Harbaugh in, I think, 2011, the, the Niners have been to, three, they've been to um, four Super Bowls and they've been to three NFC title games and no Super Bowls to show for it. I don't know if it's a problem within the organization because Jed York has been the owner of the 49ers for longer, for past 2011. And it might be just an issue at the top because you have these great coaches, Harbaugh, Shanahan, they're coming in. Harbaugh was a little different because he had he he got fired because of a power struggle. Harbaugh won his power. But Shanahan, a lot of guys went in and out during his tenure. A lot of guys became coaches. Robert Sala left after uh, Super Bowl 54, I believe, to coach the Jets. Mike McDaniel left uh, two seasons ago to coach Miami. D'Amico Ryan just left last year to coach the Texans. There's a lot of guys to go in and out of the Niners organization, and people want to get uh, coaches under the Shanahan tree just because of the pedigree it has. But at some point, you have to wonder: like, is Shanahan truly the problem? Because I feel like it has—he hasn't shaken off the ghosts of twenty to three yet, back when he was an OC with the Atlanta Falcons, and he's just never been able to get it done in the playoffs. Since he's been the Niners coach, he's lost in the Super Bowl to Kansas City. He's lost in the NFC Championship to. Uh, the Rams, he's he got demolished last year in the NFC Championship by the Eagles. And this year, he had it in the bag just like four years ago. He was up double digits in the second half, and he just wasn't able to pull it off. I don't, like, and the Niners, they always have, like, the most talented roster on paper, but they could just never get the job done. And you have to wonder, especially with Steve Wilkes firing, is it an issue at the top? Because Steve Wilkes did, I don't think he did anything wrong. The Niners consistently have a great defense. But I don't know. I just don't see why he was fired. He was always a solid defensive coordinator, even before his days with San Francisco, even with the Carolina Panthers a while back. He was pretty solid. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Something just strikes me about the Niners. And I feel like there's a lot of things going on with the Niners behind the scene because I don't know if you saw Brandon Ayuk. There was a couple cryptic uh, Instagram stories yeah, with I saw him on the last year of his deal. Um, there's a lot of issues with John Feliciano, the offensive guard, with his beef with uh, Jalen Carter. And Debo, even Debo Samuel, like two years back, he didn't want to be in San Francisco. Uh, there was a lot, there's a lot of things going on with the Niners organization. And now with Drake Greenlaw, unfortunately, tearing his Achilles, there's a lot of questions the 49ers have. And honestly, this is going to bring me to my next point. Like, the Niners may look a little vulnerable, and I'm going to ask you this question now. Do you think there's any teams in the AFC, in the NFC, that can top the 49ers possibly and get over that um, hump in Santa Clara to get to the big game? Yeah, I, I just think that if if the 49ers going into this offseason lose Brendan Ayuk, you know, have a couple of inner workings, you know, hire um, a subpar defensive coordinator to replace Wilkes. You know, you could have some teams that shake them up a little bit, you know. Um, obviously, as a Dallas fan, we always are in the fucking mix there and just, ooh, whatever, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, um, we could 
you know, dethrone the 49ers in that NFC dominance. Um, I don't see the Eagles going anywhere. You know, we, we, we watched their downfall go really, the, really. The Eagles have a lot of issues. They have a lot of issues, but at the end of the day, you know, I think they might be one coach away and a couple players away because their offense is still going to be that. Their defense just is really poorly managed, and they have an inner working problem in chemistry. And I can see the Eagles threatening people. Weirdly enough, if the Packers make a couple of moves, this could be a really fiery. Yeah, this could be a really fiery young team. Think about it. They were doing really well against the 49ers, then a couple mistakes later, and Jordan Love's last interception, they had to walk away from the playoffs. And it's funny enough because they were playing with house money. You know, they weren't even supposed to be there. You know. And the NFC is going to be weirdly wide open if the 49ers lose Adam Brent Ayuk, you know, That's lose true. a couple of other guys and don't figure it out. And I just think that next year, like, it, it, it's kind of crazy to say a while away, but it's just going to be the Chiefs versus whoever comes out of the NFC. You know, obviously, you know, the Bengals are going to get Joe Burrow back and the Bills might run it back. But those other teams, they're scrambling to just find the kryptonite for that Superman in Kansas City. You know, they're trying to figure out how to beat that team because the thing about the chiefs is you have to beat both sides of the ball. They don't have a hole in that aspect. The defense is flawless. Those guys come perform day in and day out. The offense is legendary as long as Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes is there. And it's just like, how do you go about doing that? So back to your original question, Ben, honestly, it's a really big toss of the NFC. Obviously I would love to say Dallas, but we know our own struggles. We know how we operate. We have, we have an insane power struggle going on with our owner just being too hands-on with the organization when in reality, you know, take a step back, cut a couple ribbons and let men do their work. Obviously the Eagles are going through a lot right now. They might lose two hall of fame linemen, you know, um, you know, Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey um, and their defense. They have to figure it out. Coaching, obviously just all of a sudden Sirianni just lost the locker room. But at the end of the day, you know, the NFC might become extremely wide open if the 49ers make a couple of moves, not in their favor. Also, don't forget about the Lions. That's another team. And and the Lions. Sorry, I, I forgot another about team that could uh, that could be in the that should be in the mix for dethroning uh, San Francisco. But going to the AFC, it's uh, I want to I want to hear what you think about like the AF- Do you think there's any teams that could possibly take down Kansas City? Because we've seen Joe Burrow do it, uh, beat Kansas City in the playoffs before. Do you think there are any teams in the AFC you could possibly challenge? I mean, obviously, you know, you have the Ravens, um, you know, they were, they're just on paper, they're one of the better teams in the AFC, and they're incredibly scary with now a two-time MVP, Lamar Jackson, only, funny enough, the only two-time MVP to not capture a Super Bowl in the NFL modern era merger, um, you know, he's always going to be at the helm, I think Odell's going to stay over there, they might lose, you know, the Calais Campbell or whatever it may be, but that team is still incredibly strong with Harbaugh at the helm, and their defense is just very, very scary to deal with. Um, the Bengals, obviously, you know, they went through the, their struggles, but then again, their defense looked kind of vulnerable at times. So they have to bolster a couple things there for Joe Burrow. And obviously the line has to strengthen itself. The reason Joe Burrow is injured because his line is incredibly, you know, paper thin in some aspects. Funny enough, you know, I could see the Texans, you know, just lock it in, make one or Houston, two moves. The thing Houston is Houston's interesting because like Green Bay, they're playing with house money. No one expects them to yeah. be there and make mm-hmm. it to the divisional round. But they have an all-world quarterback in C.J. Stroud. They have yeah. some very underrated receivers. They have uh, one of the better Titans in football, Dalton Schultz, and a very young and athletic defense, Derek Stingley. Incredibly, Stingley, incredibly. Will Anderson. Just a lot. Go, list goes on. So the Texans can make some veteran moves, like get, get maybe, I don't know, if they want another receiver, they're getting Tank Dell back healthy too, which is big. If they want to go after, say, 
a T Higgins in free agency, that might be big for the program. Um, or if they want to, um, if they want to maybe sure up their running back room, maybe get another veteran in there, maybe like a Jamal Williams is a bowling ball back just to be a vet presence. I feel like a lot of little veteran moves could go a long way for the Houston Texans. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the AFC's, I think the AFC is a little deeper than the NFC because we were just uh, deprived of their greatness because of injuries. You know, Ben, I'm going to say it, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and on your Jets team, your defense is still pretty good. You know, I, was about, I, I was about to bring up the Jets as a sleeper. I wouldn't count them out. First, so. I, I, I wouldn't count them out. I know as a Cowboys fan, as a football fan, I've seen Aaron Rodgers break so many of hearts. And if he gets to touch playoff grass again, you know, that's not a guy I don't want to see on a Sunday. You know, that's not and a guy. Like, I, like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the exact quarterback Spags does not want to see because he just knows how to shred the zone defense. He just knows how to he just knows how to, sh- to pick it apart. And that's a veteran quarterback. Like, say what you want about Aaron Rodgers being a psychopath, which he may be. Yeah, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers has playoff experience. He's a Super Bowl champion, four time MVP. Has he gone? Has he gone? Has he choked in the playoffs a few times? Yeah, we could say that, but he's not playing the 49ers anymore. He's gonna play he's playing different teams in the AFC. But the thing is with the New York Jets, it's very interesting with them because on one side you have a team that and what one could say in shambles, like there's a lot of stuff that came about about the coaching staff that doesn't that doesn't go the right way. There's a whole Zach Wilson controversy where he's gonna be traded. People think it's a toxic organization. There's a lot of issues there. But if you look at the team on paper. The Jets, the Jets really don't need to change much up on defense. No. The Jets need the things the Jets need to do is they need to get a receiver opposite Wilson, and maybe ensure up the offensive line, which they can do in the draft, and sign a veteran quarterback. It seems like a lot, but if the Jets can accomplish those things, honestly, it's a hot take. But I feel like they're the team in the AFC that can knock off Kansas City because yeah. I know since he since he has their. Joe Burrow has the experience against Mahomes, but there's a shot that he loses two of his top three receivers and Higgins and Boyd hitting free agency. That's true. But, and it's funny because Higgins might hightail it to the Chiefs. You know, there's there's rumors that he might move mm-hmm. to Kansas City and really be nurtured there. But the AFC is going to be interesting. And there's other there's two more teams that could obviously do their thing. The Bills, obviously, they see if they could figure it out. Josh Allen has great Bills, games. The, the Bills are just... The thing is, the Bills have a lot going on, too. There's a lot of free agents that they have to re-sign. Stephon Diggs is throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum. The thing is, with Buffalo, I just felt like maybe this is going to be their last year. I felt like last year was this past season was their last chance. We keep saying it, but we'll we'll see it when it prevails. But also, there's one team that's incredibly sleeper. Obviously, it's an incredibly hot take. Everything has to go their way. It, the Chargers in house in the AFC West. I was not thinking of the Chargers. I'm not going to lie. About, think, think about this, Ben. If if Harbaugh comes in and really just changes how the organization is run, back to the the, the philosophy. That team on paper is scary, but they are incredibly poorly managed. I have a, I have a lot of. A I have a few issues with the Chargers because obviously Harbaugh is a great coach. We know that Justin Herbert yeah. is one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. Thing is, with the Chargers. They're probably in the worst cap situation in football. There's a lot of veterans that have to be let go. We heard names like Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, just to name a few that could be just cut overall just to get under the salary cap. That's the one that's the thing I have. That's the issue I have with the Chargers, you know? 
that's yeah. I don't know. There's just the talent. They have a lot of talent that need that could be shed be, just because of salary cap. So I just unless think they so really that, like, hit on their picks, they can they can hit on the picks. But then again, you know, they have the franchise guy that can bite the bullet on a couple of those guys and let a couple other guys walk. But that's a guy in house in the AFC West that could you know damper the record a little bit for the Chiefs doesn't secure their division you know and they have to fight a little bit more in the playoffs not granted that shouldn't be a problem for the Chiefs because think about how they ended up they had to play every single game starting with the fourth coldest game in NFL playoff history against the Dolphins and working their way through the Bills Ravens and 49ers which back to that point is one of the toughest runs I've ever seen in the playoffs nobody nobody's gonna give credit to the Chiefs maybe like in years to come when we look back we're like damn they dropped off the dolphins which obviously the dolphins have their issues but still that was a hard game to win regardless because of the cold then you go to the bills and the and bills are Buffalo just low and baltimore in their own house is something to be in away these are away games and be the bank and be more is a hard venue to win and buffalo is a place hard win because of weather and other things like that and it was just like you look at that and it's like Obviously, it's not a problem to walk through the entire playoffs, but I just think my my super dark horse, incredibly hot ones, last hot sauce pick is Harbaugh comes in and just puts on a really, really nice display and changes that organization. And even though you're right, Ben, they're going to lose a couple of guys. They still have a franchise quarterback in Herbert um, and other pieces around that just play good football. and They just need to be managed better. And that could cause a couple of inner working problems within the AFC West. I what actually do have another sleeper in the AFC. I was think I was uh, thinking the Cleveland Browns actually. Oh, because okay. the Browns are a very good team on paper. Their defense is was historical for most of the regular season. Jim Schwartz did an unbelievable job coaching that defense up. Um, they have Amari Cooper as their number one receiver. They're getting Nick Chubb back healthy. And say what you want about Deshaun Watson, like. He has his flaw. He was bad so far in Cleveland, and obviously we know about his off the field issues. But in the chance that in the in the chance that Deshaun Watson can get back to form and play the way he did in Houston, uh, Des- that Deshaun Watson with Chubb, Cooper, David Njoku, and that defense led by Kevin Stefanski. That's a scary team. The Browns are going to the Browns are a scary team. I will I'll say it. And, you never really hear that about the Browns, but that's a good team. Yeah. That's a really good team. I, I, and I would, if Joe Flacco was the quarterback for whatever reason, you can write off that because as much <laughs> Joe Flacco won comeback player of the year, but he's not built for a full season of, of football. He, he, but if Watson not... can get for him, that's something to watch out for. I don't have the, personally, I don't know if I have the confidence that Watson will be able to get back to form, but if he does, that's a team that's really scary in the AFC. That's true. That's true. And they have a phenomenal record at home. They won eight games at home out of nine. And, you know, I wouldn't want to just go to Cleveland and have to deal with that team. You're right, Ben. But then again, you know, I just I have my going into the season. It's easy to say, but it's also very truthful. The Chiefs are the guys to beat. You know, they're they're on their tour for the three P historic three P in sports and in football. That's even the hardest probably one, arguably. And it's just like you got to do what you got to do. But there's a lot of decent teams in the AFC that could kind of just poke the bear a little bit and you know prove that the Chiefs can bleed but at the end of the day I think it's just a a, you know a product of who's out of the NFC willing to just put up toe-to-toe with the big boogeyman of the NFL at the current moment yeah it's like the thing is like I don't like looking at the NFC I don't think there's a lot of teams that can like challenge Kansas City if they make the Super Bowl like the 49ers didn't weren't able to do it twice 
personally, like, no disrespect to Dallas, it's going to be hard to see them, like, putting up a full four-quarter fight in a Super Bowl, theoretically, with Kansas City. I don't know if you would agree with me on that point. I think I think I agree, Ben. I just think that, like, you know, I, I, the, my, uh, my team, they'll flake under pressure. You know, they have very comfortable leads, and they ride it into the sunset. But if they have any sort of steel or iron knife to their throat, you see them crumble. You know, you see a lot of things like that. And we have our own very big problems. You know, our rush offense just became non-existent. Um, towards the end of the season and at the end of the day football is built on a strong run game opening up a great pass game for you that's why teams like the Chiefs led by Isaiah Pacheco and Patrick Mahomes and teams like the 49ers with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey they succeed you know football is built on two-sided offenses some on the ground and some in the air and we lack that and if we fix that maybe you know our defense also just was non-existent against the Packers guys like Micah Parsons looked very human and very contained and a lot of bust coverages in that one but maybe that's more poor game management on the coaching staff you know Dan Quinn you know in his farewell somehow just like you know what let me just poo-poo the bed against the Packers and pick up a head coaching job elsewhere. So we'll see, but I agree with you, Ben. Um, at the current state of our team, obviously a couple unknowns up ahead, we wouldn't be able to put up a good fight against the Chiefs. Yeah, and that's just the thing with the, the NFC. I feel like the NFC is just going to get weaker. Well, I don't know if it's going to get weaker because I feel like Detroit will stay the same, but the Packers are going to get stronger. That's you, you know what's funny, though? I think the NFC, it's going to get weaker, but weirdly top-heavy at the same time. I can I think see that happening. So, so let, let, let's break it down for a sec, right? So with the NFC East, a historic division, right? Um, if the Cowboys just re- repeat what they have, they have a 12-5 season, right? Now, if mm-hmm. the Eagles lose a couple of people and they fall off the deep end, they're pushing for the middle of that territory. The Giants aren't going to go anywhere. And the Commanders, I don't think, are making a big turnaround. So you have a super top-heavy NFC East with the Cowboys. The NFC North is probably one of the more stronger divisions besides the West, but we'll get to them shortly. The Lions repeat the same year, 12-5, and maybe a little bit better. Packers break double-digit wins. Vikings fall off a cliff. Bears just, you know, test it out with Caleb Williams. I, I, I just think that if they bring just Kirk back and they kind of replicate it around, who knows? It, the thing I, think is like, they, I feel like if Kirk comes back, that's going to be the toughest division. Because like all like the Packers, Vikings, and the Lions – the Vikings with Kirk, they're all those teams are capable of reaching double digit wins. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just we'll just see how Kirk goes, how he comes back, even if he stays with the team. I think that's the right move, but we don't know. They might just draft a quarterback, go full whatever. Bears obviously going to do the Caleb Williams experiment. We'll see how that goes. So that's that. NFC South, hot garbage, whatever it may be. Buccaneers probably break double digit wins though behind Baker. I think he finally finds some comfort there. Um, but other than that, that team is whatever. Like though, that like that division is weird because I think it's going to be strong years later like the falcons is a really young team panthers are a really young team they got to figure it out but that's not neither here nor there the nfc west obviously 49ers they repeat almost kind of identical seasons you still have brock purdy you lose a couple of people whatever it may be the rams are interesting you know you have aj matt stafford you know the other guys like that you know you might have a couple of disgruntled stars and be like you know, no, i want to move somewhere seahawks are really interesting you know we're repeating the geno thing but it's like Still a young team. Pete Carroll taking a step back and going into more management. And, you know, the they have to figure it out there. Cardinals, like, what do you even do there? So at the end of the day, I think the NFC, like, the talent in the middle of those divisions get diluted to the top and or the bottom. And it becomes super top-heavy. And those top teams are going to be pretty nice. But it's not as evenly displaced as the AFC, I think. Yeah, the AFC, like... AFC is it's very deep. So like 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 we did with the NFC, we'll go let's go through the with go through the AFC. Yeah. So we'll, with the East, you have three teams who I think will be playoff contenders. 
you have yeah. obviously Buffalo at the top. Well, I'm not predicting. This is no prediction. This is, yeah. But uh, Buffalo, they'll be in the mix with Josh Allen. That's just how it's going to go. Miami, it's like Dallas, regular season team, but like can't perform in the playoffs. If, um, and we, I don't know how I feel about two. Honestly, I feel like it's kind of hard for him to show up in uh in the big moments. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, then, he's uh, yeah, the quarterback, yeah, obviously, A Rod coming back. Uh, and then the Patriots. I mean, you know about the Patriots. Their time is the big rebuild time. Big rebuild um, time. Yeah, and then the AFC North. This is this might be the toughest division in the NFL. You have Cincinnati with the healthy Burrow coming back, uh, two-time MVP Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Like I said, the Cleveland Browns with maybe Deshaun coming back to form, and then Pittsburgh. Like their Pittsburgh is not going to be. They're probably going to be the worst team in that division, but they're always going to be like a tough team to beat. Like especially they're going right to they're going to have above a five hundred record because I think they're going to make a push for like a Russell Wilson or like a oh, Justin well, Field, Fields. and they're. Yeah, and they're gonna change their outcome of their thing, but like just, 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 just stopping here. Like the AFC is already much deeper than the NFC. Like, we have like spread out teams in the playoffs. We, and yeah, I we've already gone to the South and yeah, the West. We yeah. have we've discussed eight teams, and only one are like, yeah, we're not gonna see you in the playoffs. Only one. Yeah. With the South, there's also honestly there are three teams in the South that can make noise too. If Trevor Lawrence can get to form, the Jaguars were ja- the Jaguars were projected as a team to run away with the division. Obviously, things didn't go their way, but the Jaguars have a solid team on paper. And if Lawrence could take that next step and show why he was that generational pick, we can see Jacksonville making noise. Obviously, we talked about the Texans, even the Colts. They no one expected them to win nine games and be on their pa- and play for a playoff spot in Week 18 with Gardner Minshew at quarterback when AR15 went down. But Richardson. Richardson coming back healthy, um, the Colts having cap space, and then Robin having Taylor to too. What about him? BC, Michael Pittman, um, Josh Downs came on came on last year. That's a pretty solid Colts team. They and I thought probably be another year before they really become contenders. But it's a team that could just make some noise. And the West, we talked about the Chargers, and and honestly, like the Broncos and Raiders, I personally just don't see them doing anything. The Broncos are just a mess in their own right now. Yeah, they're a big mess. And the but Raiders, again, though, they can change a couple things around because remember, both these teams were just under 500 at 8-9, eight 8-9 nine, eight nine equally. So it's like these teams still accumulated wins. Like, think about this, right? The worst team in the AFC was the Patriots this the most recent season, Chargers, Titans, right? Then you go to the NFC and you we have like the Panthers. You know, we have the Cardinals. We have like really down bad teams, even the Commanders too. So like it's kind of interesting how it's like the AFC has a lot of great teams. The NFC is pushing more in the top heavy category. And it's like the fact that like the AFC North, all those teams are playoff teams is just scary. Like every single one of them. So we'll just see how scheduling works. We'll see how all that stuff works. But then again, you know, even with that deep, deep division and conference. Um, I think the Chiefs are the team. To still yeah, it's just, it's just you can never bet against KC. It's just nope. I, people made that mistake in the past and it's bitten them. Yep, absolutely. But we'll, we'll see because this offseason, a lot of names are coming up, a lot of retirements, you know, a lot of movement, especially in the wide receiver rooms. You know, wide like receiver is going to be a big story. A lot of yeah. big names on the trade that's, block, free agency. But that's an episode for another day. Don't you absolutely. agree? Absolutely. We'll save it for the next time. And on that note, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Once again, I'm Ben Kuchipudi.
I'm Ty Graham, a.k.a. Big Texas. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace out.